Okay, yeah, so this is, this is a message that I give about every year or so. Um, it's called Pine Grove 101, because our church operates a little differently than, than some other churches, and I guess every church has its own idiosyncrasies, so we just want to talk to you a little bit about Pine Grove and how it works, and I, we'll just cover a little bit, and I do apologize for the screen today. The sun is bright, so I'm not really apologizing for the sun. It's lovely, but it does come in here and sort of wash out the screen a little bit, so that's great. But before I get into that, I don't want to leave you. I, I don't want to just stand up here and talk about business kind of things. I want to leave you with some spiritual content, content as well. So I'm going to re- read to you from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. He says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that is open for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you say, see the day drawing near. So in this passage, if you go back a little bit, since the first word in there is therefore, and the question, whenever you're reading your Bible, and you always see the word therefore, the first question you have to ask is, what is that therefore, therefore? Okay? It's just... It's one of those key words. So he's been talking about how, you know, there was this old covenant and the old priesthood, and then he's talking about the priesthood of Jesus Christ, and he compares the two together, and he talks about, um, you know, what the differences are and how we're now redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And because of all of this, therefore, we now have this new opportunity. And, uh, and because we have, uh, we ha- we have that we can move forward. And then he gives three things, three things that he wants us to do and to consider. The first is to draw near, to draw near, because God has given us so much. And primarily, he means drawing near into the presence of God, into worship with him on a day-by-day, hour-by-hour basis, into walking with him in our lives. And that means into, you know, if, if, if you think about a little kid and, a, and, and an adult, you know, the Little kids reaching up and holding the adult's hand. The adult's holding down, holding the little kid's hand. And the adult is the one who's basically directing where we go. Yeah, the little kid may tug here and there, but, you know, the adult is the one who's leading. So drawing near in that same sense, walking with God, holding his hand, and allowing him to set the direction of where we go. Not where we want to go, not what we think, but where he's taking us. So we draw near in that sense, but in that drawing near... As Xander was saying earlier, you know, there's, we are made for community. And in that community, we draw near to each other. And so times that we spend here are times when we encourage each other. Yes, we sing worship music, which is wonderful. It's a, it, it's a fabulous way to lift our hearts to God. Yes, we pray together, and it's, it, it's good to have prayer requests. Yes, we listen to a message. And it's good to learn things. It's better to put them in practice. But... All of it together is the body ministering to each other, the body of Christ. Uh, Leslie ministering to me, me ministering to Wendy, Wendy ministering to, to uh, Zach, and, 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 and so it goes. We're a body together. So let us draw near to that, to each other. And as we draw near, don't lose sight. There will be questions, there will be doubts, there will be, be things you're not sure about, but hang on to your faith. Hang on to what you know and what you believe. Um, one of my favorite verses is from Timothy, where Paul writes to Timothy, I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to keep what I've committed to him, my life, against that day, against that day of judgment. And so we hang on to what we believe and, and, and the truths that we believe. And then he says, let us consider how to stir each other up. Okay. Some people, like Marcella, like to stir people up and cause trouble. Okay? Um, That's good. 
But how do we stir each other, and, and Marcella does this too, stir each other up to love, to do good works, and, not, and to meet together. And so, so to, how do we stir each other up to love? By showing love to each other, but encouraging each other, praying for each other, remembering each other, just sh- doing life together, sharing our lives together, knowing what goes on in each other's hearts and lives, uh, helping each other, doing good works. So that says we're not a closed community. We're, close, we're a close community, but not closed. In other words, we're reaching out. We want to reach out and help people in the neighborhood. We want to touch the folks uh, who visit the, the Gloucester Emergency Food Cupboard and help them. We want to help our friends in, in Madaguas, in Haiti. We want to help uh, other people in, in other areas. Um, we want to help Ottawa Inner City Ministries. We had uh, Ken here last week talking to us about what was going on there. And so we reach out beyond this, this sort of closed community and, uh, uh, and, and, and meet, try and meet the needs of others, doing good works, helping others and giving others. And then finally, meeting together. Meeting together. Um, it, it's all, it's, well, I was going to say always, but that's not true. Since I became a Christian, meeting together on Sunday mornings has become such a dear part of my life. It encourages me, it helps me, it keeps me on track. Getting together midweek uh, with, with other believers is, is another help. These are all things where we, we meet together and encourage each other. Because I don't know about you, but there are some days when I want to sleep in. There are some days when I just don't feel like doing. I just don't feel like coming to church. But I know if I do, I will be blessed. Because I will meet with other believers and be encouraged in his word. And as the day draws near... We need to get, be together more and more and encouraging each other. So in that vein, let's just move on to a little bit about how Pine Grove works. Before that, let's just pray. Father, help us to, yeah, to consider how to stir each other up to love and to good works. Help us not to neglect meeting together, but rather help us to hold fast to the things that we know are true and draw near in our spirits to you. Thank you that the drawing near is not because you're far away. It's because we build up barriers. We know that we need to tear those down and turn to you and be with you. So guide us in the remainder of this message. Help us to consider these practical matters and, uh, and help our church to thrive as a community, uh, being a light in this area of Ottawa. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So, a couple of interesting things about Pine Grove. We did a, a survey. I don't know whether you remember this. Back in February, we did a survey of the church. This was part of a much larger survey. Um, it was run by Ambrose University. It was called Flourishing Congregations. And they had churches all over the country uh, participating in this. But one of the things they gave to churches who participated is they gave you the breakdown of the data from, from your church itself. Not how you compare it to others, but just how people felt. How, what the feeling was of your church. And it goes on and on. It shows us some areas where we, we need to do some work in the church and so on. But there's, there's a few that I wanted to draw to your attention to. Our congregation is a safe place to explore the Christian faith. 89.2% agreed or strongly agreed that our church is a safe place to explore your faith. Apparently, there's, we, we need to do better because 5.4% disagreed. So there were some people who had been, been hurt. We need to be careful about that. Um, we're for, we are a forgiving community. 86.4 either agreed or strongly agreed, and 13.5% were neutral. Strong, but, but virtually all positive. No, no negatives there. No negatives there. We take care of one another in our congregation. 97.3% agree or strongly agree and only 2.75% disagree, or didn't, didn't disagree, sorry, we're neutral on it. So again, very, very strong sense of drawing together, of holding fast to our confession, and of spurring each other on. That's kind of the, the context of, of how this church views itself, how, the, how the, you people feel about yourselves, because this wasn't the elders and wasn't just the leaders, it was everybody in the congregation was invited to participate in this survey. So who is Pine Grove? Who is Pine Grove? Well, technically, 
we're a non-denominational church and a community church. So non-denominational means that, in a very real sense, the buck stops here. There is no outside organization, outside organization that oversees us, uh, to which we we uh, give money and hold ourselves accountable, and so on. Now you can argue whether that's good or whether that's bad, um, but we're we're self-standing. So uh, we belong to other loose organizations at church. We belong to Love Ottawa. Uh, we belong to, uh, we work with, alongside uh, Vision Ministries Canada. You know, some of these associations are very good and very helpful, um, but, you know, we're not answerable to them. We're answerable to ourselves. And we're a community church. So again, we're founded in this community. I, the church was actually started in about 1948, and our first building was on Saint Laurent Boulevard. It's right opposite Speedy Muffler. It's a medical building there now. Uh, and uh, we kind of outgrew that building as the building as the property was getting smaller and our church was getting larger. We moved into this building in 1991. Is that right, Ted? Yeah, I think it was 91 that we moved into this building. So we're non-denominational, but we're community-oriented. We're part of the community. But the work of the church is done by participation of the congregation. It's not done by professional staff. Yeah. We have a pastor now, that's true. And having a pastor increases our ability to grow and, and, and to do more and to serve more. And uh, uh, it's, we're, we're thrilled to have Xander on board and always going to be a big help. But the fundamental work of the church is not the job of the pastor. It's the job of the congregation. He's given each of us. He's given you and me and everybody else gifts. Maybe your gift is prayer. Maybe your gift is, 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 is just coming alongside people. Maybe your gift is standing up at the front and talking. It doesn't really matter what your gift is. In fact, biblically speaking, those quiet gifts that we don't see, the ones like the, the prayer warriors who, who are in their, their prayer closets, those gifts are more esteemed than these upfront ones like Xander has or I have, you know, um, that, uh, you know, we, we get the accolades here on earth. You get the accolades in heaven for praying and, and being in the background. So it's very important. And so, you know, whether you call it volunteerism or, or, or whatever you call it, it's important that we function as a church, that everybody does their bit. And there's little bits you're going to do that you're not maybe as qualified to do, but, you know, it's fun to work alongside other people. We have a, a spring cleanup and a fall cleanup. Just get out and rake leaves or wash windows or, you know, it, it may not be your gifting. It's not mine. Well, washing windows is not mine. Washing is not mine. But, um, you know, whatever your gift is, just come along and, and, and be in the community. Join together, uh, whatever the work is, uh, whether it's preparing meals for Alpha and so on. We'll, we'll talk more about that as we go along. Remember, by the way, a characteristic of our church is uh, that the pastor is, the title of pastor is a job. It's not a title. It's, it's a job description. So what Zonder does is he pastors us, he helps us along, he provides us with resources and tools. But we don't call him Pastor Zonder, or we don't just t- title him Zonder. That would be kind of like me calling, uh, hey, lawyer, Corinne, and, and addressing her that way, or, or hey, lawyer, you know, uh, or, uh, or Jimmy as, as, hey, retired, you know. It is, you know it's, it's, it's kind of a little, little bizarre to do that. And in fact... Jesus talks about this in a number of places. I've just chosen one here. It's, it's not the only place. Matthew 23, verse 8, he says, But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers and sisters. And call no man fa- your father on earth, for you have one father who's in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. So the, the problem with calling someone... Pastor Zonder or Pastor Less or, or, or something like that, is that it kind of puts the person up on a pedestal, which is not good for them, and it's not good for our attitude. So it's just Sander, just Zonder. Just, and I keep mispronouncing it, and I apologize. Whatever. <laughs> call him whatever you like, just don't call him late for breakfast. Okay. Um, and the, the church, the leadership of the church, the direction of the church is set by a lay leadership. It's not a professional board of people who are doing the work of the church and setting the direction of the church um, in all aspects. And again, we'll cover that a little bit more as we go through. So that's the, 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 that, at that level, that's the structure of the church. We have no formal membership. 
In case you've noticed, we don't have a membership. We don't have membership classes. You don't have to sign up something to be a member. We figure if you've been coming here for six weeks and you're still coming here, you probably are coming here. Okay? And that's it for membership. So there's no formal membership. We do, however, have a directory. And uh, we publish a print directory about once a year or so. We have an electronic directory on an app which runs on Apple and, and iOS and, and on Android. Uh, that's the, um, uh, it's got pictures and the, the printed one doesn't. Uh, that's the uh, uh, tablet version that I'm showing there. Um, if you don't have the app, you can get it from the, the app store and one of the elders can give you the password to, because the data is, is protected. Not everybody can get at the data that's in there. But it's your address list, your phone list, and, and so on. We have this directory. Marnie updates it. The electronic directory gets updated weekly, monthly, whenever she has an update of uh, a couple of changes to make to it, uh, whenever she gets around to it. So if you have a change of address or, uh, or whatever, change of phone number, let Marnie know, or you can let, just email myself, or in, you can email Marsha at info at pgbiblechurch.ca, and they'll pass it on to us. Um, uh, if you're not in the directory and you're here and you'd like to be and you haven't been asked yet, um, do we have the, we have some, let Marnie know, and um, we probably have some of those forms at the back, to, or you can just write your information on a piece of paper or email it to the update at, at pgbiblechurch.ca. Anyway, that's how you get in the directory. And that's as much as we have for membership. That's as much as we have for membership. Um, and by knowing who's, who else is here, we can call each other, share information, and so on. We also operate under something called Plan to Protect. And Plan to Protect is, is, is kind of important to us. Um, it, it, it's no guarantee. There are no guarantees in life. But Plan to Protect uh, provides a safe and friendly environment for our children and for our other vulnerable people, whether they be disabled or seniors or whatever. And basically the principle behind it is you don't go one-on-one with, with a kid. Um, so in the Sunday school you may have one teacher, but you've either got a helper or you've got a floating helper who's rotating around through a bunch of classrooms. But we're not exposing people to being one-on-one with kids. It protects the, the, the workers, the, the volunteers, the Sunday school teachers, as well as protecting the kids themselves. Um, you must have a police check to, uh, to work with kids, and you must have the uh, elder's approval. There's a little form that you need to fill out. Um, Marsha uh, um, administers the plan to protect information, uh, but uh, Mark Bish and Danny Wright are also on the committee to, to uh, help you with that. In fact, any of the elders can, can help you with it. We do do an annual update, so once a year we do a refresher program to remind everybody. Uh, our Fusion Youth, uh, the youth program at the church, runs under Plan to Protect. Uh, plan to Protect is actually a, a widely used uh, pattern to pr- solve this problem. It's used all across the country, and they provide uh, seminars and so on. Um, so uh, it's actually a big help, if at all possible, if you get Plan to Protect it, if you, if you get certified by Plan to Protect. It's, it's a big help. We ask you to get a police check. Um, we ask you to fill out the forms. Uh, but it means that if something happens one Sunday, you may not be really feel called to, to teach the kids or, or to work with the kids. And, uh, but if some Sunday we suddenly need somebody, an extra person to be a floater or something like that, then you're qualified to be up there or in the nursery, or whatever. And for your information, okay, like every one of the elders takes regular turns being a helper in the Sunday school, okay? It's, it may not be our gifting, and it may not be our calling, per se, but we recognize the importance, and that's something that we, we all commit to do. And uh, Christine, who organizes the Sunday school schedule, makes sure that we serve our turn, there and in the nursery as well. <laughs> okay? We do have a statement of faith. It's pretty standard. It's up on the website. I'm not going to go through it today. If we did that, we'd be here till next Sunday. Because there's anything that's all encompassing as a statement of faith, it takes a while to go through. But go ahead and read it. If you have any questions about it, come to Zonder, come to myself, come to Paul, come to Danny, come to Wes. Glad to talk to you about it. So that's a little bit about us. We worship every Sunday. And one of the distinctives that is different, you may have noticed if you've been in other churches or no other churches, we do communion every week. Now, you know, it doesn't really say in the Bible how often you do, do communion. Um, and there's different ways of reading it. And uh, I'm not going to go into all of those. 
the tradition we have is we, we have it once a week. As often as we meet together, we break the bread and, and share the juice. Um, we use gluten-free bread simply because there are people with food allergies, food sensitivities. It's just a way of blessing them. Um, we use grape juice because uh, sometimes we have people in here who are recovering alcoholics. And uh, to have wine is just would be a, a hurtful to them. So we use juice because it is a symbol, symbolic thing. You know, you are remembering Christ. You are remembering his, his uh, body uh, crucified. You are remembering his blood shed. Um, but it's important. It, 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 it's a, it is a, a symbol of what we're doing. Um, we do it weekly. We encourage all believers to participate. So if you have a guest here who's a believer who's accepted Jesus as their Savior, they're, they're free to, to take the communion. Because we have no membership, they're a body, member of the body of Christ, we are too, we celebrate communion together. So no barriers that way. Um, children. So uh, sometimes you've got, you've got children, and should children take communion or not? Well, we don't have a hard and soft, hard policy on that. Um, because who's to say that a three or a four-year-old doesn't know Jesus as their Lord? I, I can remember there was a girl who used to come to this church. And uh, she was in her maybe early 20s, late teens at the time. I think she's in her early 20s, but I don't, I don't know for sure. Um, she had become a, she came from a non-Christian family. She came to faith in Christ at the age of about five. Okay, and had been faithful, faithfully walking with him ever since. And she was then, at that point, in full-time ministry as well. Uh, and so, you know, who's to say that a child doesn't know? But the point is the child should know and understand what communion is about. And so we leave it up to the discretion of the parents because they're the ones who know the child the best. Does this child really accept Jesus as their Savior or is they, do they just want to have it because it's a snack going by on Sunday morning? And, which is, you know, fair enough. I mean, you, know, you put temptation in front of a kid, they're going to want it. Um, so... So we leave whether your children take communion or not. That's at your discretion. You're the parent. You know when you understand. If you want it to, again, you know, I, on any of these points, feel free to talk to any of the elders. So that's, that's communion. Uh, we do take up offerings every, every Sunday as well. Uh, the church needs money to keep the lights on, to, uh, to, to support missionaries. I'll, I'll come to that in a little bit. Uh, to pay the pastor, to pay the bills, and, and, and so many other things that we need to do. Um, you can give in any one of a number of different ways. You can write checks. Does anybody remember what a check is? Okay, it's not, it's, it's not a funny-looking V that's lopsided that's in a box. It's, it, it's spelled with a Q and is, is, is a piece of paper that represents money. Anyway, we don't use checks very much anyway. But you can write a check. You can put cash in. Um, uh, the, um, you can go with direct withdrawal. If you want to go with direct withdrawal, you, you see uh, Marsha. She's the financial administrator. We'll show her picture in a few minutes. Um, and there's a withdrawal once a month. Uh, and you don't have to bother with remembering it. And that's convenient for a lot of people. But if you'd like to, to uh, make an offering, we have these envelopes at the back. Pick up a couple so you can take them home with you and you, you bring them the next time you come. But there's always some at the back here. There's a place to write your name. If you want to write your name, great. If you don't want to write your name, there's a place for a number. Okay? Because... You know, the Bible talks about don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Some people prefer to keep their, their donations confidential. The only person in the church who knows who's giving how much is the financial administrator, okay? Because that, she's, she's the person who has to uh, certify the, the tax receipts at the end of the year. So if you don't want to write your name, you can ask her for your number because in the database, everybody's got a number, it's like, like, like the rest of life, right? And... Um, you could just write your number down. And then the, the people who count the money, the, the deacons who count the money at the end of the service, um, uh, don't know who it is. They just know that the money is there. Okay? There's a, a place to put the date. You can designate your money. Usually you put, it to the, put in the amount for the general fund. That's probably where most of it goes. But if you'd like some of it to go to missions or building fund, you can split that up. Uh, or if there's something that's not on that list and you, you think it would be good if money went to Kathleen. <laughs> you know, whatever. Just pick, you, know, uh, you, you can put that there. However, understand that any 
what, regardless of where you designate the money, the final decision on where that money goes is up to the deacons. That's required by law in Canada. So you can put it on there as a suggestion. It says suggestions for the money. Um, it's a suggestion to them. And it's really actually helped to them, too, because then, you know, uh, why is somebody giving money to Kathleen? You know, like, what, what's, what's the financial need there or whatever? Sorry, Kathleen. Um, uh, you know, and it, it helps them to know, well, maybe there's something, someplace we need to follow up here. So it, it, it's useful for that. So that's offerings. Uh, yes. Okay, preaching. We do have a preaching schedule, and we set it out usually a couple of months in advance. Uh, actually, we're, we're pr- probably normally four or five months in advance in our thinking. We're two or three months in advance in assigning the speakers and, and finally adjusting the, the, the Sundays. Um, whoever's arranging the preaching schedule, it used to be me, now it's Zonder, uh, works with the elders, you know, presents some ideas, and we, we work back and forth and say, no, this would work well, that wouldn't work well, uh, come up with a preaching schedule. We plan it out, but we're always open to adjustment and change. And in fact, you know, it's, it, it has been known that on Saturday night, we change who the speaker's going to be and what the topic's going to be, you know, if the situation warrants it. doesn't very often, to be quite honest, but we're flexible with that as well. We try to do a preaching series that's topical, followed by a preaching series that's a, like a book out of the Bible, sort of alternate back and forth. But again, that doesn't always work, depends on the length of the series. Uh, but we manage that. Zonder is, is now managing the preaching schedule. Bless his heart. Okay. Other things about care in the church. Uh, marriages. So uh, almost any of the elders can marry people. Uh, it's our principle to try and have all the elders uh, eligible to marry people. Uh, right now, Zonder can't. We need to get on the paperwork of that. We're having struggles with the paperwork for West, so we're struggling with those two. But uh, the elders, any of the elders can, can uh, solemnize the marriage. So also can Don. Wave your hand. Don. Ron, sorry. Don can as well. You see, it's, it's a rhyme. I've got Ron and Don down here. Okay, sorry, Ron. Ron and Don both can as well. Asking Jeremy from the French church. He's, he's licensed under our church to solemnize marriages. Um, so it, it, that's, that's something that requires um, licensing by the government of Ontario. Uh, so we're not... Anyway, so that's, that's taking care of marriages. Uh, we do require that um, anybody being married go through premar- Christian premarital counseling, um, just because just it's a great idea. Um, Funerals. Uh, again, anybody in the church can perform a funeral. Okay? Typically, it's going to be done by somebody who's got a gift of speaking, so Ron or Zonder or myself or, or, or uh, Paul, perhaps. Um, but it, it can literally be by anybody in the church. And same thing for baptisms. We practice baptism of believers. Okay? So we don't baptize infants. We dedicate them. That's the next thing on the list there. Um, we dedicate them to the Lord because... As, as infants, they don't really know, they don't know anything, let's face it. They just know mummy and food, and that's about it. Um, so uh, when people have, have come through Alpha and have, have come to know the Lord, we encourage them to, to be baptized. It's an outward step that shows their committal to Jesus Christ. And we could go on and on. I'm not going to give you a sermon on baptism this morning. Uh, we baptize by believers. For those of you who haven't been here before, back behind me, there's a, there's a, a tank that's a couple of thousand gallons of water. And we, we f- take the lid off it and fill it with water, and we perform baptisms in there. And uh, uh, they're, they're a great time of celebration, of sharing what God has done. Again, anybody can ba- who's a believer can baptize another believer. You know, it's so... Quite often, it's somebody who's, who's very close to the person who does the baptism. It's not all, it can be an elder, but it can be, be anybody. Vonda, didn't you baptize people last time? Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> you know it's, it's, a wonderful, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Dedication, same thing. You know, we dedicate children to the Lord and pray that the Lord will be with them and guide them as they're growing up until they can come to that point where they can decide for themselves to follow Jesus. Pastoral care uh, is, again, done by the body of Christ. We all have a role in caring for each other and helping each other. And, and, and the, the weekly groups, the, the uh, weekly uh, 
fellowship groups are, are a great source of that, but just with each other, uh, knowing what's going on in somebody's lives, praying for them. Uh, we also have a group called Caring Friends who are quite deliberate about pastoral care, about care, you know, contacting people who are shut in or sick or whatever. Uh, the elders, again, have a, have a role in that and Zonder in, in you know, pastoral care in terms of some more difficult situations. Uh, and counseling, we have some counseling capability in-house. Um, people who've been around for a while and, and, and done some studying in counseling. And for, cert- for some situations, we will refer people outside for deeper counseling, depending upon what the situation is. You know, there's a whole range of needs. But an awful lot of things you know, don't require that, that heavier load, so we can, we can do it in-house. Okay, moving on. And I have lots and lots to cover, so we're going to just... I apologize for the length of this today. Missions. Missions are very, very important to us. Um, we underwent about five or six years ago, maybe seven years ago, we underwent a, a revamping of our missions policy and the way we do missions because missions is not a, you know, you, you could look at missions as, as saying, okay, well, we send money to Uruguay, and we send money to Haiti, and we, we send money to uh, Ottawa Inner City Ministry, and so it's, it's just we're supporting other people to do the work. But the Great Commission says we're all to be involved in it. And it, it, it's important to us to the extent that, that our preaching series for the fall up until last Sunday was all around missional living. And remember, the Great Commission is a commission, which is co-together and mission. Okay? So, but we, we do participate in world missions as well because it's part and parcel of, of, of what... So we have a role to talk to our neighbors, talk to our friends, invite them out to Alpha, invite them to church and so on. But we also have a role... In the, church, in the larger community. So we have world missions that we support. We support three families uh, in Uruguay, and uh, we support uh, about 40, 45, 48, some number like that, kids. Uh, we support them through FH Canada uh, and support those kids in Haiti. Uh, and that's mostly through individual donations. We'll come back to that later. Um, we also support people here in Canada. Alex, we're at the University of Ottawa here. Uh, ben and Shoshana. Ben was here three, four weeks ago, something like that. And uh, he does campus ministry at Trent University. He's helping a church uh, in the, the area there, a rural church, and he, uh, and he does the, uh, works with the James Bay Cree, Cree most, mostly up in Nemska, a little bit in Mysticity, but he's mostly in Nemska. Um, Gabriel and Estelle Lamb with CEF Ottawa. Uh, Ken McLaren was here last week from Ottawa Inner City Ministries, and we support the Gloucester Emergency Food Cupboard down the road here. And normally there's a, a sort of a wicker basket in the, in the foyer there. That is not a garbage can, people. Okay? I know people tend to throw garbage in there, but that's a place where you can put donations. And every week that I'm here, I'm clearing that out and taking it over with me to the Gloucester Emergency Food Cupboard, a way to help them. But for us, the important thing about missions is is our connection to them, okay? It's not about money. It's not about giving them money, although we do that. It's about praying for these people, about knowing them, about knowing what's going on. So uh, it's it's about people deciding that we need to to get a bunch of sleeping bags uh, together and take them down to the mission, okay? So that was a little thing that popped up just out of the congregation last year. It was great. Um, it's, It's about connecting because if we connect our hearts to these people, then we'll be praying for them and caring for them, and we'll have more of a sense of wanting to reach out ourselves. And guess what? Talking about taking sleeping bags to the, to the uh, uh, OIM or helping at GECF uh, are all, or helping with, with child evangelism, those are great conversations. You know, you talk to your friends about what's going on in your life, you can talk about those things, and it leads into spiritual conversations these into things like that. So we see missions not as something that we, we give out and it's, it's, it's out there, but it's something that we participate in and it builds our faith. It builds our work on the Great Commission ourselves. So it, it motivates us. And as we get motivated by helping people around us, then we give out more to others. So it's a, a circular thing, but it's very, very important uh, to the deacons and the elders. And I don't know whether we've communicated that as much before, but that is critical to us. So I need to do a deep dive into two areas of missions right now. Okay, first of all, the Haiti situation. 
You may have heard that FH Canada, Food for the Hungry Canada, is pulling out of Haiti effective September 2020. Okay? So that affects, we sponsor, our, we sponsor kids in Haiti, in a community called Madaguas in Haiti. Um, and uh, we, we sponsor those kids through FH Canada. FH Canada, that's the only community that they support uh, in, in Haiti at this point. And because Haiti is a very difficult area to work, it just became too cumbersome. The work in Haiti is done by Haitians. It's not done by Canadians. It's not done by Americans. It's done by Haitians. But the support, it was just the logistics of it were, were it didn't make a lot of sense. So they're transferring support to F- Food for the Hungry USA. So we, the only reason we went with FH Canada was they were a vehicle that allowed us to work responsibly in Haiti. Because working in Haiti, is, is, it's, it's, a, it's a minefield. It's really a minefield of sending money down there and it goes into other things. And, you know, we've made some mistakes that way. And quite honestly, I'd rather make some mistakes than, than, uh, than be stingy. But, you know, we learn from our mistakes as well. So, and, and, and the child sponsorship through FH uh, and, and the way they connected in Haiti was, was really important. It, it sort of matched the kind of things we wanted to do. So we have to figure out what we're going to do about Haiti. And we've got a bunch of different options. And we don't know what we're going to do at this point. All I can tell you is that we're deeply exploring those, those options. One option, for example, would be to work with FHUS. FH, Food for the Hungry, is not abandoning the Madaguas community. And they're not abandoning our children, but the support is, is, is they're going to be maintained and supported out of the U.S. That means, well, our donations would have to go to the U.S., but then our donations can't be tax-deductible unless you have corresponding U.S. income. So... We're actually talking to FH Canada. We have a meeting Tuesday evening with FH USA uh, to begin the discussions about how we could do it. So we've done some investigation on our side. We know the legalities of what we have to do. We know the extra work that it would involve. But it would, might be possible for us to maintain the sponsorship of the kids we already have. Money would have to come into Pine Grove, and Pine Grove would send one check a month to FH USA. Um, so that, that's one possibility would allow us to keep the same kids we've got because a lot of us have emotional attachment to the kids that we're sponsoring, right? And, and so, you know, anyway, that's one option. Uh, we're also investigating other options for Haiti. Uh, I, I learned of another one this week, but Compassion has a similar program down there, uh, and, and there are others. If we could work through a, a Can- another Canadian group that provides the kind of things we want to do, provides support for community down there, but also provides, when the situation is safe enough, which it isn't right now, allows us to, to do connection trips down there where we can meet these people, see what's going on down there. Uh, we don't believe in, in a mission trip where we go and build a building. We want a mission trip where we're going to connect with people because then the people own it, and we're, and we're partnering with those people, connecting. They have richness that we don't have, so we can learn from them and they can learn from us. So, and of course, the other possibility is to drop Haiti and move to another area of the world with, uh, uh, with FH Canada. So, move our transfer, transfer our, our sponsorship to children in Guatemala or someplace like that. Those are the options that we're looking at. Uh, and, and we're praying it through. Before we make any decision, we will have a, a, a meeting, off-hour off meeting. Um, we'll get together and talk with anybody who wants to come, especially, but especially the sponsors, about what they want to do, what the options are, what the choices are, and what they want to do about it. But we're still trying to sort that out. We do have, like I say, it's not until September 2020, so we have time for that. But in the meantime, the whole idea of connecting on missions is still very important to us. And so we're looking at the idea of running, doing mission trips into Uruguay. Again, there's a language problem. Well, not very many of us speak uh, the, the patois of, of Haiti. Not too many of us, but some of us speak a little bit of Spanish. Uh, so uh, Uruguay is, is, is at least a little is a possibility. But kind of like we did with Haiti, we're going to run a, 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 a short recon trip. So we want two to three to four people at most going. Um, we're gonna, it's gonna, they're going to go between February the 8th and the 24th. Uh, the cost is around $2,500 per person. And the idea is, Ron has done a, a fabulous job. Thank you, Ron. Uh, but let's, let's acknowledge it. Ron did a great job of putting this together. We kind of dropped the ball as elders in getting the announcement out sooner. So I apologize for that. But the idea is to spend some time in the tent outreach in Carmelo, some time at a Bible camp for kids, and uh, some time 
uh, visiting another camp in, in Mercedes. So seeing the various families and how they work and, and, and getting to know some of the people that they work with. Again, just making connections. Uh, but it's, it, it's experimental. We're, we're trying to see what's going on. So that's why it's a small group just going a recon trip. Uh, my challenge to you is, and we need to get on this fairly quickly, are you interested in going? Are you interested in staying behind and praying for the people who go? Are you interested in supporting people who go? So uh, if, if, if you're interested or even thinking about maybe interested but no commitment at all, we're going to have a real two-minute meeting after church here, just up by the piano, so we can talk about it a little bit, know who's interested, set some times when we can start to get together for prayer meetings and, and get together to decide who's going um, and how that, exactly how that's going to work. But we're, we're committed to wanting to run that this year. Okay, a bunch of other things I need to get through here. Uh, social committee and food teams. If you've been here a little while, you'll have been asked if you would like to be on a food team. And we, we really want everybody to be on a food team. Uh, the food teams, uh, the social committee rather, meets two to three times a year, and anybody who wants to can go. And they kind of plan out the social aspects of the church. When we're going to have sandwich Sundays, uh, when we're going to have uh, the fall cleanup, when we're going to do, uh, you know, they, they plan out if they know there's, there's people expecting in the church, they'll plan out um, baby showers, people planning uh, wedding showers for people getting married. They organize that, that sort of thing. And so, so that's a, just a, a one meeting a couple times a year to sort of plan those things, to think about when those things are going to be. And then they assign each of those events to a food team. And they assign the... Uh, the um, coffee window at the back to a food team for a month. Uh, for, and so what it means is that no one person is, you know, overwhelmed with always preparing food and always doing the cleanup and always doing everything. And so the, you're, there's four food teams. Each team has either, they either get a, a piece of paper like that or a piece of paper like this that's got the list on the back of everybody who's on their food team and a list of the events that, that they're responsible for and who's doing what teams. Uh, what's happening over the next uh, period of time. And, uh, but the thing that's important is that you participate in the food team. Okay? If, if, you, if you get an email or you get a call uh, and you're, you're not able to take it, it just goes to voicemail or whatever, call the team leader back, respect them, you know, make their job a little easier because they're just trying to organize people to bring salads or to help clean up or to help do the coffee window or whatever. You know? And if it's an event that you're not going to, but they're looking for salads or cookies or cupcakes or whatever it may be, even if you're not going, you know, arrange to, to make the cupcakes or the cookies or whatever and get them to somebody who is going. Get them to the team leader. You know? It's just a way of, of participating together to share the load and make, make events happen. Um, yeah, participate and do your part. Uh, take a break. Fabulous Ministry for Ladies runs Thursday mornings, uh, 9.30 till 11. Yeah, till 11. Okay, there's a teaching time, there's, there's a small group time, uh, they run specials. Uh, no, I don't have the list of specials here. Um, you know, great time to go to that, I encourage you to that. Mo- a lot of you know about that, so I'm not going to say much more about that. There is a, a prayer list that Ted maintains where we send out an email uh, if there's a prayer request. So if you've got a prayer request, you can email prayer at pgbiblechurch.ca or you can just email Ted directly or one of the elders and we'll make sure, and we'll we get it distributed out there. If you want to be, you have to opt into that prayer list. So if you want to be on that prayer list, you need to let Ted know. Um, or, or you could indicate it to, to Marnie, and she'll pass it on to Ted if you put your name in the, in the directory. Um, and you can opt out at any time. But there's, what? Uh, you, you get days when there's two or three emails, and then you get no emails for a week or so. so but they're prayer requests, so that's just a way of letting you know what's happening on there are home groups. It's a great opportunity to, to get together for fellowship and, and uh, refreshing time, usually midweek. There's uh, Blackburn Hamlet, Orleans, uh, Beacon Hill here, and probably a couple of new ones starting up out of, the, uh, out of the Alpha that's coming up. Caring Friends, I mentioned that earlier. That's a group that prays for and, and cares for um, shut-ins and, and people in the church just to encourage them and to, uh, to try and keep an eye. They're a, a little bit proactive in terms, as opposed to being reactive, in terms of pastoral care. And Sunday school. Okay, Sunday school. We don't have a big program, but we got a lot of kids. And so we need teachers, we need helpers. But, you know, when you come down and you think about it, 
they have the kids for about half an hour on Sunday. They've got to settle them down. They've got to give them a snack to keep them going. You know, they get maybe 10 minutes of time the way they're really getting the kids' attention. How much can they really teach the kids about Bible and about faith in that time? They've got the half hour to teach them about love, which is a, a big part of it. But there's a, a real limit. The, the role of teaching children about the Lord and to walk with the Lord and about the Bible, that's the role of parents. That's the role of parents. And the Sunday school can help you with that. Okay? Your kids each week get one of these things to bring home. And they've scribbled and drawn on the back and, and, and so on. It's got their name on it. But did you know that you can, there's, there's a section on it? You know what Bible passages they've been looking at. They work through a program from uh, Lifeway Kids. What? Gospel Project, yeah. The Gospel Project? Anyway, whatever. It, yeah. And they're literally working their way through the Bible. So if you want your kids to know about the Bible... You know, it takes three years to, to get through the Bible in this program, but you can look at the top. It tells you. This one was, they've been learning about, this was last week's, I think, learning about Hosea, the pro, a prophet to Israel. There's a story summary there. You can review the story with your kids. It's right there. There's a section of big picture questions and family discussion starters. Ideas that you can use in your family devotional time at dinner or at breakfast or whenever, whenever you have a family time, to, whenever you get together as a family. You can, you can pick it up and talk about what they've learned and leverage from that. And guess what? Okay? You're probably going to learn things too. Most of us don't know the Bible super, super well. And I guarantee, you know, your kids are going to ask you some question about that passage and you're going to have to go and dig it up and try and read it and, and try and understand it. You're going to learn, learn that way. And there's some family activities. Some follow-up things, great, big, great commission, things you can do with your kids as a result of the lesson that they've learned. So don't take these and throw them in the garbage or leave them around the church. Grab them and take them home and use them with your family. Uh, Sunday school is there to support you, but raising the children is your responsibility. Okay. (sighs) Getting close to the end. Uh, The spiritual direction of the church is set by a group of elders. There are five of us at this point. Zonder is the only one who's full-time, and it's not that his picture is any smaller, it's just that his name is longer, and the name bar just overwrites the bottom of the picture here. For those who are like the geek factor. <laughs> um, so Paul, Danny, Wes, and myself are the four elders. We set the spiritual direction of the church. We set the doctrine of the church. Most of the doctrine is you know, carried on. from. We're not changing it week by week kind of thing. We, we set the teaching pattern, the overall direction, and are ultimately responsible for pastoral care. So we're the spiritual authority, spiritual direction of the church. Um, we're constantly looking for people who meet the qualifications from First Timothy and from Titus, the qualifications for an elder, um, and we're always looking to add new elders. So, you know, if you've got some suggestions, by all means add them, but, you know, we're looking for people to add to the, to the elders board who walk with Christ and show Christian maturity day by day, week by week. So uh, it's not an election. We don't vote on things in this church. Uh, We ask for your input on lots of questions, but if if we ask somebody to be an elder, uh, they have time to think about it. If they agree to be, then we put it to the congregation, get your feedback, and then finally at the end of that, we instate them as as an elder. So that's the process there. But you can come to any of us with any questions, and we may not have the answers, but we will direct you in the right direction. Uh, we also have deacons. Thank goodness for the deacons. They keep the light. They're the people who keep the lights on, things in repair, uh, keep the, the parking lot shoveled, just so many things that they do. They take care of all the financial things of the church. Um, yeah, thank you so much for them. Again, to be a deacon... You've got to be, A, somewhat practical, practically minded, so people who are you know, more theoretical in life, you know, don't, don't do repairs and so on, uh, are, are less likely to be, to be deacons. But um, the deacons, uh, they, they have to meet the qualifications in 1 Timothy 3, uh, demonstrate character in the church, and be inclined to help out and participate around. And again, we watch for signs of people, people in this role. And again, it's good to... Let the existing deacons take a break every now and again, uh, step off for a little while and bring new people on. 
We also have Marcia up here at the, at the right here. Marcia is not a deacon, but she works closely with the deacons. She's our financial administrator. She does all the bookkeeping, the, manages the email and the phone for the, for the church. Uh, she manages the church calendars, the church bookings, uh, does lots and lots of admin tasks for us, uh, does the uh, tax receipts each year. So uh, yeah. she's, she's, she's in a, a part-time paid position doing that for us. So that's the elders and the deacons. Um, last, very last thing, uh, we are incorporated in the province of Ontario. We are incorporated as a corporation. We can give uh, taxes. But the elders and the deacons are the only members of the corporation. So any legal meeting of the corporation is done just among the elders and the deacons. Okay, it's, we don't, like I say, it's not a popularity vote kind of thing. We're looking for, for mature people. Um, we do have a president, a vice president, a secretary, and a treasurer elected annually by the elders and deacons. That's, we have an AGM in the fall. We had it, was it that last week? Two weeks ago. Last week, okay. Um, it's, it is not a legal meeting, but it's all about transparency. We provide reports on what's gone on. We provide all the financial information and so on. We'll answer any questions you've got. But it's, it's a question of transparency to, to you, the, member, the, the people who come here, the members, but it's, it's, not, a, it's not a legal meeting. Um, so that's about it. I've run out of time. It took a long time. I appreciate your listening. Um, if you have more questions on any topic, more suggestions, feel free to speak to any of the elders, any of the deacons. Ron has his finger in the air. This little light of mine. Fusion Youth, yep. So we have, have Fusion Youth. Uh, that's a, a kids program for kids from grade 7 and up. Um, uh, through, right through the teen years. It's jointly run by three churches, Pine Grove Bible Church, uh, um, Calvary Baptist Church, and Greenbelt Baptist Church down the road. And uh, it's great. having We've got a critical mass of kids. They, they meet usually in here on Wednesday nights, but sometimes they do things uh, in other locations. Um, very, very Bible-centric in, in, in their orientation, oriented to growing the kids and growing their faith. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm, Xander, I'm going to leave it to you to close in prayer. Thank you very much, Les. Um, for closing in prayer and benediction,